listening. Welcome back. We are back. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill. We missed last week. That's, you were at a conference. I know. It's Your all my conference. fault. I was. How was it? Um, Blink-182 was more fun, if I'm being honest. That was on the Monday. Then I had a work conference to go to in Toronto for the rest of the week. Work conference was great. It was very informative. It was all about um, mental health for public safety personnel. So it was really informative, really cool to be there. General Romeo Dallaire spoke, which was actually really, really cool to see. Um, And for those who don't know, uh, General Romeo Dallaire was the Canadian Army General who got absolutely messed over in Rwanda in 1994. So it was cool to hear him talk. But that's not what we're here for. We are here to talk football. We are here to talk football because there's been a lot that we've missed. We had the East-West Bowl. We have a listener Jeff question to get to. And we got some CFL football back. Hell yeah. Playoffs. Not NBA playoffs. Not preseason. I'm ready for the playoffs already. Let's get to it. Feels like week one is going to be a playoff game. Uh, no. Preseason, the Elks chose not to play the majority of their starters. Uh, except for their offensive line. Those boys had to hold it down. <laughs> Uh, PJK, uh, Mark Corday, but no, the rest of the Elks seem to be the the threes and maybe some twos sprinkled in, but Calgary went full bore. Let's get everyone prepped and ready to go for this game. And it was still a good battle. It was for a preseason game. Like, obviously it's preseason football. There's going to be some hiccups. It's not going to be the product that, you know, we're going to see. Uh, come June but I I still thought it was a really good game and to your point about Calgary rolling their ones and Edmonton rolling with uh, with some fresh legs that meant that we got to see guys like Jake Taylor start at the free safety spot Michael Broderick start at the middle linebacker spot and both of them held it down Jake Taylor was all over the field around the ball nearly 75% of the plays I want to say if the play wasn't to his side, I think that's like the only time he was. It was if it was like to the far, far side of the field, that's like the only time Jake Taylor wasn't kind of getting over there. But other than that, the dude was up around the box. The dude was like coming down, making plays on balls. Like good game from both those rookies. Uh, those aren't the rookies I want to talk about, Connor. No, because there's another rookie that found the damn end zone in his first freaking CFL appearance. The most electric man. In the U Sports draft this year, we said it was Clark Barnes. And what did we say? Anytime he touches the ball, he's a threat to find the end zone. First game, finds the end zone, gives the ball to his mom. It's like, oh, amazing. Great human being points and stud football player. It was, oh man, it was a treat to watch Clark Barnes in a CFL uniform. And Another rookie, uh, another rookie receiver, the Calgary Stampeders that saw some action, was productive with his touches. Cole Tucker went two for two, 40 yards, uh, returned a couple kicks or punts, I should say, as did Clark Barnes. But just imagine in two to three years when, you know, Cole Tucker is kind of coming into his own. Clark Barnes is coming into his own. Luther Luther Hakunavanu is already established. Jalen Philpott starts to develop a little bit more. That is going to be a scary, scary 
Calgary, Stan Peters receiving core. Not to mention I left out Rice and John, who is six foot freaking seven, and Sebastian Howard, who is also 10 feet tall. Yeah, so your five R set could go all national. Cole Tucker, Clark Barnes, Ryson, Luther, and Phil Pot. That Scary. could be your five R. And then if you go 22, you bring Sebastian Howard in. Uh, yeah, it is It is pretty damn formidable. Uh, one other rookie issue that I want to get with be- before we move on to the East-West, Connor. Kickers. We know that Campbell Fair has a consistent big leg. We know Rene Paredes is... is the king. He's gonna he's gonna be unquestioned in his role. But yesterday, two days ago, I guess, when they put out the uh death chart, a kicker who has been cut already was above the man, Campbell Fair. I don't get it. I I don't. You spend draft capital on a kicker to then bury him in a death chart. He did get a chance to kick in the game cashed a nice 40 yarder but it's like you spend the draft capital and then you have someone that you know and have tape on from the year prior in cfl action and you're gonna put that ahead i don't questions for someone who gets paid a lot more than we do yeah yeah it certainly is well above our pay grade here i mean we are not in the the Stan Peters organization, but uh, as an outsider, as somebody, both of us who've watched a lot of Campbell fair kicking, I was also confused. I even tweeted out that, you know, I didn't love it. And I followed it up with the fact that Campbell fair on his career with the Ottawa GGs is a 71% field goal kicker on 68 attempts. But a lot of his misses Connor are, deep shots that they go, yeah. you've got the leg to hit this. Let's give her a go. And then worst like, case is a punt for us. And he comes out in a CFL uniform yesterday in the game and absolutely mashes a 42 yarder. I don't care if it's preseason. That is a high pressure situation for a rookie kicker. And he showed up. We'll see more of him. He's not, not done. The last thing I want to uh, mention in this game, just before we do get to the, the East-West Bowl, because we do have to get to the East-West Bowl, I thought it was awesome yesterday that each of the touchdowns in the game, all five touchdowns that were scored, scored by a Canadian. So Edmonton Oaks wide receiver Maurice French went 10 for 12 on the day for 119 yards and a score. New Brunswick born, so there's your first Canadian. Then... The four following touchdowns after that were also Canadians and not only Canadians, but U sports athletes. We had Clark Barnes, who already talked about getting in the end zone. Luther Gunavanu found the end zone. Gavin Cobb found the end zone. And Reith Jean Giraud found the end zone in this game as well. Four U sports touchdowns. Four of them. I know it's pretty sad, but that's a big deal. Gavin Cobb and Clark Barnes, I was off the couch <laughs> when i saw the depth chart and saw uh Mont Blow and gavin cobb i was like oh Carn's gonna have a field day with this one <laughs> and they were playing they were playing the same side playing one and two which i absolutely yeah. loved yeah uh okay 
East West Bowl time. Sorry, East Bowl time because there was no East West. Bowl. <laughs> it was all East. Uh, Connor, one of our guys who you were on before the game showed up big. Does he go to Mount A? He might be a massive human being who plays at Mount A and roams the secondary. Daniel Bell, man, I love this dude. Lo- I have for for a little while now. I've been waiting, waiting, waiting. But he what was had it you said to me? Day. He looks really, really clean on tape. But you almost want that, like, check in the box against playing against different competition, right? Yeah. And he yeah, showed exactly. up and checked the box. Oh man, my would have heart... had a pick six. Would have. I know. But my he heart's was thinking end zone before the. <laughs> it was a great ball uh, break on the ball, though. It just uh, he saw the end zone and went, "Oh, <laughs> oh yeah." He was seeing the the maroon end zone at Ron Joyce Stadium before the ball was tucked away and secured. But nonetheless, like you said, great ba- great break on the play. Really nice read. Uh, spent most of his day, all of his day, at the safety spot. And, man, you know, other than the uh, potential INT, like, he was making special teams plays, too. Like, he was forcing fumbles. He was laying the body. He just looked really, really solid. And we saw how high Lucas Cormier just went in the CFL draft. Let's put the world on notice for Daniel Bell here. This dude's a, a baller. Connor has his crush for next year is what he's trying to signal to all of our listeners. Real um, early. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, as good as the defensive play was on the East, Connor, I think the huge difference in this game came down to the quarterback play. And in a year where we don't really have like that big of prospects, we had Evan Hillock, who could be a big prospect. We had Kinsale Phil- Philip, we had uh, Thomas Bolduke, the backup from Laval, and then Anthony Robichaud, the guy for Sherbrooke, who I think is a good player. But throughout the year, Connor, we see him go from beating Montreal to laying an absolute effing egg in the next week, right? So for him, it's just the consistency level. But in a year where we don't have that high level of prospects, the quarterback play on the West really disappointed me. And I'm saying, like, Kinsale Phillip made some nice plays trying to evade the pocket, but he didn't have a whole lot of time. So that that's not all on him. But there is some where he's rolling right, throws back across his body left into traffic, and gets picked off. And part of that, too, is, is Darian Newell. He was an absolute menace for Team East. <laughs> making the day he was real tough for those quarterbacks but i'm with you i mean the quarterback play on team west did you just simple throws i mean simple throws in total in total between evan hillock and kinsale phillip they went nine of 26 for sub 100 yards for they went nine of 26 for sub 150 and two ints which both came off the arm of, of kinsale phillip but they just it, it felt like whether it was on the ground or through the air, they just couldn't move the ball at all. There was nine total first downs in this game for, for Team West, five passing, four rushing, 157 yards of total offense. 
you had Tanner Nelms going for 44 yards, which is almost more than Evan Hillock. Threw. He was two two yards shy of El- Evan Hillock. Yeah, it was it was different. I will say, like some of the individual players on Team West were very impressive. Uh, yes. A couple of the offensive linemen, John John Bose or Bosey, I'm not sure his pronunciation on that. Calgary. From Calgary, the big tackle. Um, he was impressive. Uh, unfortunately, Deshaun Mims did not play, so we didn't get to see him uh, quite as uh, open downfield and gearing it up. But to me, Connor, it didn't really seem like they took too many shots. Once, uh, once the game started... Adam Opolis had his pick on, I think it was Bull Duke he picked off uh, for Team West. There weren't too many deep shots until until we saw that Liam Stewart shot <laughs> right at our faces. <laughs> as soon as I saw the run, I was like, oh, this is going off. <laughs> move, move. Yeah, oh, I was standing on that sideline too, and I was like, oh, oh, I got to get out of the way. I got to get out of the way. Well, you were with me too. We were like kind of. Is this going to go out of bounds? Is this going to go out of bounds? And all of a sudden, set of hands just goes, nope, it's going in the end zone. Um, it was a great Sound throw, too. It was, a, it was a great throw from uh, yeah. from Robichaux. And uh, with the East-West Bowl, I mean, the whole week is what it builds up to, so it's unfair to judge these guys off of one game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game is a big part of it, right? Live bullets are the way to tell and you don't get live bolts until that Saturday event. Um, yeah, no, I was I was pretty impressed with some some members of Team West, um, like you mentioned with John Bosey, uh, Adamopoulos. I know that Daniel Bell is going to be our safety one, but Adamopoulos has a range to to cover off a lot of space, and uh, I don't know if his flat out speed would be enough, but his body type screams field corner to me. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if you're a long DB, it looks like there's another year where there's going to be a handful of them at the top. So you're going to have to bring something else like Daniel Bell does with his physicality. <clears throat> physicality, ability to see the field, playmaking. I mean, I can go on and on and on about Daniel Bell if you want me to. But, no, it's – it's uh, we talked about this with Marshall, right, where it's like the, length used to be such a unique trait but this past draft and the one that it's leading up to to be next year, length isn't a unique trait. So if you're a guy who's like relied on, I'm a really long DB. Okay, cool. We got seven others. What else can you do? Oh, well, I'm a really long DB. No, no. Yeah, we've got like huh, Daniel Bell's over here. He's a long DB who can come down and lay the hammer if he needs to consistently. What else can you do? So... Uh, I like it because long DBs are more fun, but. <laughs> but then you got a guy like Jackson Sombach who comes in, wasn't the Don't biggest guy in the field, wasn't the biggest guy in the field at all. I think he, he measured at 5'9", 195 on the, on the roster that um, U Sports put out before the East West Bowl, but shows up in the game, was breaking up passes, was laying the hammer. Like Jackson Sombach, other than Daniel Bell, I think was the guy we both looked at and went, oh, oh, wow. You know what I feel like? You know the Key and Peele sketch where they're the, the bellhops? 
don't get me started on Liam Neeson's. That's what we're doing right now uh, with some of these DBs. But no, Jackson Solvac was, he was the guy like first series. I was, I'm like, that's my guy. Yeah. I'm, that's the dude. I, I will support him until the very end. And uh, while the height is going to be a knock for people, the level of play rises above it. Um, very impressive to see. And being a part of the Regina defense that has been quite good the last couple of years, uh, it's exciting to see where they go this year. Are we going to get a Regina Rams UBC T-Birds party cup this year? Quite possibly. You never want to count out Saskatchewan. I think you can... Alberta will be hanging around with Hatlinger, but you never want to count out the Huskies. No, no, you do no not. idea what they're doing at quarterback this year, but you don't want to count them out. No, certainly not. But nonetheless, East West Bowl was a great event, and we did have the passing showcase that we got to see a little bit of prior to kickoff at the East West. So that was a nice surprise. Nice little treat there when we showed up. Yeah, that, I keep thinking about the, uh, the one guy from Queens who's like six, six and runs oh, with man. the fastest receivers on the field. Yeah. Absolute <laughs> body. Yeah. My the, word. uh, he'll be, he'll be a fun, fun treat for some defender this year. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I was I was pretty happy with the East East West Bowl. Uh, it was great to be back at it. I mean, we obviously missed it last year, but it went on. Um, but no, as they as they continue it year in year out and add the passing showcase to that, it'll uh, it'll definitely continue to be a stable event in the calendar and it's something that teams use to showcase their talent heading into the CFL draft. Speaking of the CFL draft, I know we're a little bit late on this. So listener Jeff, we absolutely apologize, but we got a great question from listener Jeff that I feel like we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't get to, if we didn't answer. So I'm going to read it out um, and then we'll talk about it. Listener Jeff goes, hey guys, really loved what Ottawa and BC did this draft, even though I'm a Ticats fan. Agreed. Ottawa, Bull at left or right tackle. Peters and White backing up Eau Claire at Will Linebacker. Uh, John and uh, Aiden Johnny, he's talking about John and Alex Fetchin, potential rotation guys. And then Quentin Sagan as a defensive tackle. BC, you know, Francis Bemi wasn't a need for them, but was a damn good pickup. Um, those are my words. I'm paraphrasing there. Uh, to go along with an already great talent at defensive end. And then they go out and get Harrison Begley. Harrison Bagiogo, Charlie Ringland. Could the Lions go Canadian at field corner in the future? What do you think? Oh, I think I think they were planning to go field corner in the future anyways. That's where Adrian Green lined up primarily last year. Uh, he's now got the Jordan number rocking. Oh, I think that, loved it. I think they're probably going to stick with uh, Adrian Green at free – or sorry, at field corner. Let Charlie – find his way around the secondary and Harrison back yoga can either play kind of field half potentially. I know half tends to be an American spot, but, uh, or you move him to boundary half too. See his good cover skills range. Um, 
My only issue with that, maybe I'd switch those and go Baggiogo at corner because the concern with him was physicality, right? Adrian Green, we know he's got physicality to burn. So maybe you put Adrian in at half, uh, Baggiogo at corner, and you go Canadian on the full field side. I don't know. Um, but with the picks they've accumulated over the last couple drafts, it's certainly leading up to being a primarily national defense. Um, they just signed Jonathan Kongbo. They've got Matthew Betts. Uh, they have the twins from last year. Pickett and they Cherry. Have, they have uh, Adrian Green. And then, like you just mentioned, all those national names. Uh, not to mention Ben Haladic and some of the other guys at linebacker that they've been accumulating. So, uh, I think BC is building a primarily national defense, which is great to see, um, especially now that they don't have the luxury of a national quarterback in Nathan Rourke. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm entirely with you on, on this. Like, I, I think when you look at the way BC is building, when you look at the way they're kind of starting to lean, it looks like they're loading up to go Canadian on the field side. And I mean, guys like Gary Peters and TJ Lee, not getting any younger, still damn good players, but how much do they have left in the tank? Hopefully for BC's sake, it's enough, but yeah, no, you, you want to be ready for that. So you do go out and you get, you know, length at DB, you get skill at DB with guys like Harrison Bagiogo, who was one of the best DBs in this draft class. Charlie Ringland, I know he suffered that unfortunate ACL tear, but still looked so smooth and so patient in coverage at the Combine. And I think that's really going to translate to the CFL field. He's a good player. And, and when he gets healthy, when he is ready to come back on the field, look out because BC is going to have a lot of Canadian talent on the back end of their defense. And he mentioned the linebacker spot, which is, you know, they're already going with the pretty much completely national linebacking core. Uh, as for Ottawa, I think uh, I think depth is a good term to use for their draft. Uh, this team is going to be so different from what they were last year. Jeremiah Masoli alone, if he's healthy, is going to make a world of difference to this team and probably is enough to push them back into the playoffs. Then you go and add some of the pieces that they did, like Shaq Evans. Oh, please, you're bringing back Lorenzo Malden, the sack leader. Uh they needed depth. They needed to fill out some of their rotation. And I think they've done a really good job in doing so. Uh, obviously, now they have three high draft capital offensive linemen that they're expecting to be in the rotation in Bull, Pelios, and Sagal. Hogan Sagal. I'll, I'll give them the. <laughs> I just usually say Sero. Um, but that's three high level draft picks that you need in your rotation. You need those guys to be there each and every week, whether it's as your sixth and seventh offensive lineman or in your starting five. Um, it's a huge plus for them to, uh, to have, but it has to pan out. Otherwise this year might end up being not as hopeful as I think it will be. I am very optimistic for the red blacks this season. I think that, they're going to kind of go out there and put the East on, on notice a little bit. But, you know, I, I really like what they did with the draft. They had the first overall pick. They could have done basically whatever they wanted to. You know, there's talk of them going receiver. We talked about them going 
offensive or defensive line somewhere. But I, I, you know, looking back on it, I really, really did like the fact that they went with Dante Bowl, especially after what happened to Masoli last year. You brought him in, protect your assets. Good things happen when Jeremiah Masoli is on the field. So best way to keep him on the field, keep him upright, is go out and double down, get another damn good offensive lineman to add to what you already have. Because they got weapons all over the field. All over the field for, for the offensive side of the ball. I think main priority was, you know, making sure that grotesque things don't happen from defensive linemen for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Okay, here's my question. Uh, former Rough class. Rider, I should say. Here's my question. Who has the most who has the first acrobatic catch of the year? Jalen Acklin, Shaq Evans, or the field? Jalen Acklin. Jalen Acklin. Jalen Acklin. Jalen Acklin. Man, their receiving core is a treat to watch this year. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. And you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to try to be at the home opener. Home opener? Jeez. That's a big one. Yeah, no, it, it would be uh, it would be pretty sweet to see the Red Blacks do a complete 180 and go from the bottom to somewhere near the top. Their fans deserve it so much. They're so loyal. They show up. They were there at the stadium last year, even when the team was kind of tumbling downhill. Those fans are loyal, man. I think those fans they, really they deserve want, a good season. They want winning football. And I think that it's less than a week away from beginning as we stare down the barrel of their first preseason game. I think they're going to come out mean. I think they're going to come out pissed off. And I think they're going to try to punch Montreal in the mouth in a preseason game. Mouth. In the mouth. Mike Tyson. <laughs> punch him in the mouth. <laughs> With that being said, Connor, there's one more piece of information we have to get to, which the, the audience does not know about. Connor, we got a text from Marshall Ferguson of his son Noah watching the Tarzan movie. Oh. My response was, nice. You're blessing your child's ears with the musical stylings of Phil Collins. And Connor's response, I did not know until last week that Phil Collins did the soundtrack for Tarzan. I know. Own up to it. I did. I did say that. I know. I know. You did say it in the the group text. Never? Well, not that I had never seen Tarzan, but I think I was like five or six when I had seen Tarzan, and then I hadn't seen it since. So six-year-old me doesn't know who Phil Collins is. Not at all. Yes, but 20-year-old you listens to Phil Collins and may have probably stumbled across one of the songs before. I had no idea. That's on me. That's on me. I had to bring it up. I feel like it's uh, like especially egregious because I am a rather large music fan. Actually, I don't know if I can call my music myself a music fan anymore after that. But yes, my error. I did not know that Phil Collins did the soundtrack for Tarzan because I was six the first time I saw it and I was 27 the second time I saw it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, speaking of music, YGK Reverb, for those in the Kingston area, Spring Reverb, sorry, starting up next week, this week? Friday. 
uh june 2nd friday june 2nd so you get to That's go the watch the ottawa red blacks preseason game this friday this friday the 26th next friday next friday astros concert at the ale house buy your tickets scheduled perfectly no conflicts oh, i'm gonna break my finger slam it on the table <laughs> <laughs> uh no yeah astros june 2nd ygk spring reverb ale house buy tickets support the boys it's gonna be a rock concert i'm bringing earplugs they're playing new stuff i might not bring earplugs <laughs> it is loud stuff. for those that have not been to an astros concert it is rock and effing roll that's that's their whole shtick. They're just like, well, we may not be the best band in Kingston right now, but we sure shit can be the loudest. They're the best party, I think, in Kingston in terms of a concert. Best atmosphere. It is good. It's a it is a good time. It's I am very biased. My uh, my nepotism is showing through here, but <laughs> <laughs> um, on the side note, you're wearing a hat, not. A custom fitting snapback hat, though. You could get one from Noodle. Noodle brand has reshaped how we wear hats and think about them with their different size snapbacks. Uh, they go beyond where most sizing ends. Check them out at Noodle Brand on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, great, great company. All right. Finally, Fox 40. We got to talk at the East West Showcase with. Uh, the head of officiating in Ontario, the man behind the zebra's moniker, couldn't help but notice that every single official there, Connor, repping that Fox 40 whistle. The worldwide leader in whistle tech is always represented on a football field, soccer pitch, basketball game, hockey even. They also have excellent nautical safety lines as the summer months come around. So head over to fox40shop.com. Enter the code CFP15 to get 15% off merchandise, whistles, and more. Boxtoyshop.com, CFP15 for 15% off your order. And that's it. That's all I wrote for the Tuesday episode. We will be back this week. We won't leave you all hanging like we did last week. We got some more preseason football to get to, more preseason CFL football. So when those rosters drop, we will pour over them. Talk about who we're excited to see. All of those good things. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate James Young at Chester PC on Twitter for holding us accountable, tweeting at us. Hey, CFP, you guys still here? We're all waiting. So that was great, James Young. Appreciate you, dude. That was uh, we are here. We are to hold here. us accountable, but we are here. And so is CFL football. We'll catch you guys later this week. <laughs>